everybody, welcome to Save Your Sorry, the podcast where we talk about the rise and fall of your favorite or rather least favorite celebrities. I'm your host, Katrina Rochelle, here with my best friend and co-host, Jose Angel. How are you? I am always wonderful on recording day. Hey, another day, another slay. <laughs> All right. So today is a Jose episode. He will be telling us about something or someone. Who is that? Or what is that? Today we are doing a feuds episode. I love these. We will be looking at each feud and seeing if our subject was in the right or if they were the problem. So it's just going to be one person. We will also be discussing song lyrics that this person might have wrote about the feud. Oh, song lyrics. I'm moist. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Continue. I don't know how to move on. I, I don't know if I can. Today, we will be talking about singer, songwriter, Taylor Swift. Oh, okay. And with- hero. And with peace and love, as much as I love you singing our song anytime I mention Taylor Swift, <laughs> I'm going to need you to refrain or this episode is going to be forever. I know, I know. I'm sorry. I won't snake out late. <laughs> I am a newly converted Swifty, but you are more neutral, right? Only like in a few songs. Yeah, I could probably say that. Yes, definitely. And we will only be discussing the more concrete feuds in this episode so we won't be getting into carly claus or any gay lore theories gay one of these days we have to because what the fuck are these <laughs> gay lore is which is why i'm not doing it because i don't really know how i feel about it but the oh gay lore like taylor <laughs> but gay oh gay lore okay I was thinking, like, you know, meet the Fockers, meet the parents, like, Gaylord, like his name. No, it's... <laughs> I was like, what? It's internet theories of people who believe that Taylor has had bisexual relationships. Oh, well, kudos to her if she has. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I won't be including that. Also, right. we have already discussed her lawsuit where Taylor was inappropriately touched on our Scandals on the Radio episode. And we have also discussed her little Twitter spat with Nicki Minaj in our Miley Cyrus episode. Yes, one of the men might have took your slot. (laughs) (laughs) So those cases will not be discussed. All right. Also, with the song lyrics we are discussing, they are believed to be about the feuds, but there is not 100% confirmation on that. Also, this will not really be in chronological order. I try to do that, but sometimes there's a ceasefire and it comes up again. So, well, what are you going to give us? Yeah, what am I giving? <laughs> Everything I'm not going to give you. <laughs> I mean, well, that's what I do. I kind of lay out what you're just what to expect from me. <laughs> I did get most of my information from people.com. They have a timeline on a lot of these feuds. So, let's get into it. Taylor Allison Swift was born December 13th, 1989, making her a Sagittarius. Mm. Neutral. She grew up on a Christmas tree farm. Around 10 years of age, Taylor started getting into music, deciding she wanted to be like Shania Twain and get into country music. She was originally from Reading, Pennsylvania, but she moved with her family to Hendersonville, Tennessee to be closer to Nashville when she was 13 years old. That was a great rebrand. You can't tell that bitch from Pennsylvania. That is true. I thought she was from Tennessee. (laughs) I did too. And that's with her accent. Some people might say not faking. I don't know if you would say faking since she did live in Tennessee, but she did definitely play it up. Like hold on to, yeah, yeah, I get you. Also, it definitely fits like her, her outward like image of growing up uh, on a Christmas tree farm because she, she gives off very like open mouth, like very always surprised in love with the holidays. Like you see how she is at award shows. I just picture her <laughs> in front of Christmas houses like, oh my God, oh my God. Like she gives off that type of energy. I'm kind of envious of her happiness. <laughs> I am too. And she has gotten a lot of shit about that of like, why does she always look surprised? Why, you know? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which, yeah, that is something that is true to her, but some people seem to like, don't like it, that they're, that she's happy that she's surprised. 
you know, that's because we are all fucking crotchety and unhappy with our lives. <laughs> yeah. So she got an RCA record development deal and started working more on her guitar playing and songwriting, writing songs pretty much about what happened at school. At 14, she would leave RCA records. They were more interested in having her sing songs that weren't written by her. And Taylor wanted to sing her own songs. Mm-hmm. If Taylor Swift spit it, Taylor Swift wrote it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> We're going to credit that line to Taylor Swift from now on. <laughs> so she leaves RCA Records, but then she is discovered by Scott Borchetta and is asked to be signed onto his Big Machine Record Company, which is kind of funny because at the time, Scott Borchetta didn't have, he didn't even has started Big Machine Records, but he was planning to. It was a small machine. <laughs> yeah. At this time, Scott worked for the Nashville division of DreamWorks. He signed her onto Big Machine Records for her debut album, the first single being Tim McGraw. Yeah. By the, by the time Teardrops on My Guitar comes out, Taylor leaves high school to be homeschooled because she's being famous. And a woman named Jessica McLean on TikTok has come forward and she claims she went to high school with Taylor and she knew of her, but she wasn't really you know friends with her. But she says everyone in her high school hated taylor swift did she say why yes the reason being jealousy and she's singing those songs that are about some of the people that went to school oh well, jealous that's, that's like a 50 50 rumor like you could see that being true but you could also see somebody making that up yeah but she said you know jealousy being the number one reason they're about 20 minutes away from nashville a lot of kids have this dream that they're going to make it big and then taylor mm. actually does and jessica claims that a lot of the kids were saying taylor bought her fame and just rumors like that which i mean yeah. haters That's just high school yeah bitterness like imagine us in high school if if x y and z would have made it we would have been straight in that hallway talking shit like we do like bitch ain't even that talented uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> like that's that's what high school kids do they talk shit because they jealous so yeah i can see that being true yeah the woman who came forward she wasn't like nasty about it she was like saying she's she a swifty now mm. yeah <laughs> i i'm jealous i can't see you now <laughs> <laughs> but taylor did actually invite well not just her but when she was a senior to the CMT Awards. I tell you, that's how you get people like, oh, you hate me? Hate me while I pay for all your expenses. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I still call you a jealous ass hater, but I am a saint. Uh-huh. So back to the country accent thing. Like, you know, she lost that over time, but you can definitely hear it on songs like our song. Hell yeah. Which became number one, and she became the youngest person to be the solo writer and sing a number one song. She deserves it. The smash. <laughs> <laughs> number one in my book. As her fame grows, so does her hate. Not that Taylor really did anything. People just found her annoying. Which is common for teen stars that are huge. People either love them or are just annoyed with hearing their songs. Case in point, early Justin Bieber. Like, even before he started doing dumb shit. People just hated him for being so popular. Yeah. And do you know who he opened for? I'm guessing Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift. <laughs> I was about to say a dumbass answer until I said Katrina. We're, we're talking about Taylor Swift. So, come on, get with the program. Yeah, it's that type of thing. Like, people always hate the young teen songs. Mm-hmm. Ariana for a bit, too. Like, you can name a whole bunch of them. They all went through that kind of phase. Yeah. So one big thing that was early on in her career and kind of followed her for years was that she was boy crazy or dated too much or wrote too many love songs. Yes. Which is dumb because no one ever says that about male artists that write love songs. Or the bitches and whole anthems. Yeah. But, but yeah. She does get this reputation of dating guys and writing breakup songs when they dump her. And one of the first ones was Joe Jonas. Taylor would join the Jonas Brothers for a few concerts in mid-2008. Taylor and Joe would both deny dating rumors, but in September of 2008, they were seated next to each other at the VMA Awards, sparking more dating rumors. So somewhere along the way, they confirmed they were dating, but then in <clears throat> November, they confirmed they were broken up. Yeah. And she goes on Ellen... Mm -hmm. The Ellen DeGeneres show. Yeah, that match. <laughs> <laughs> and she says, someday I'm going to find somebody really, really great who's right for me. 
when I find that person that is right for me, he'll be wonderful. And when I look at that person, I'm not even gonna be able to remember the boy who broke up with me over the phone in the 25 seconds when I was 18. Yeah, I remember that. Do you? Yeah, I used to like Ellen. (laughs) (laughs) I love Ellen. (laughs) I still do, I can't help it. Mm. Taylor would then go onto her MySpace holding a Joe Jonas doll in a video and saying, see, this one even comes with a phone so he can break up with other dolls. (laughs) (laughs) Something tells me that older Taylor, if she had hindsight, she probably wouldn't have done that last one. Probably not. I mean, is that one really needed? But I feel you. We petty over here. You got to be a little petty. Uh-huh. Joe Jonas would go on his MySpace and says he didn't cheat, which some people were speculating he did since he had a new girlfriend, and saying, for those who have expressed concern over the 27-second phone call, I called to discuss feelings with the other person. Those feelings were obviously not well-received. I did not end the conversation. Someone else did. Phone calls can only last as long as the person on the other end of the line is willing to talk. So, which it seems he's saying Taylor's the one who hung up the phone. Uh, but she didn't call back. <laughs> so, um, who's really the one who did the talking and the hanging up of her? Yeah, and if you said, <clears throat> I want to break up, isn't that the end? <laughs> or you said you were discussing feelings. Like, it sounded like you were saying you wouldn't feel in her no more. <laughs> wasn't feeling her no more and Taylor like well what the fuck I'm supposed to do with that <laughs> either way I mean just uh, the whole description of a high school relationship exactly and I feel like it's kind of heightened since they were both famous so young I kind of get that like when people become famous young they stop aging for a little bit like they're stuck in that mentality oh okay I was waiting for an explanation <laughs> I was like what Walt Disney style like what are we talking about they frozen you know, all this good celebrity <laughs> things they can do. <laughs> December 31st, 2008, Taylor and Joe would perform at the Dick Clark's New Year's Rockin' Eve with Ryan Seacrest. They were on opposite sides of the stage, joined with the other Jonas Brothers, Demi Lovato and Lionel Richie. And <laughs> What the fuck Lionel doing there? <laughs> That's what it was Hello, like, okay. <laughs> what are you doing there? <laughs> Taylor would perform Forever and Always, which is believed to be about Joe Jonas. That's a hell of a song to perform on New Year's Eve. (laughs) And with Joe Jonas on the stage. Yeah. June 16, 2009, Jonas Brothers released their song, Much Better, and people believe this is about Taylor. The lyrics say, done with superstars and all the tears on her guitar. Referencing Taylor's song, Teardrops on My Guitar. Paranoid might also be about Taylor singing, That's why my ex is still my ex. I never trust the words she says. I'm running all the background checks and she's freaking out. Hmm. November 7, 2009. Taylor hosts SNL and sings a monologue song where she sings, You might think I'd bring up Joe, that guy who broke up with me on the phone, but I'm not going to mention him in my monologue. Hey Joe, I'm doing really well. Tonight I'm hosting SNL. But I'm not going to brag about that in my monologue. I do like her monologue song. Do you? I did too. <laughs> I, I, I saw that when it first came out. I like that cl- that clip. That's a good one. I, I also, just discovered it recently. You never knew that that existed? No, I, I told you I'm a recent Taylor fan. So. Oh, my bad. Maybe I'm undercover. <laughs> undercover. <laughs> but uh, that paranoia one... I got, I mean, that could be about her, but that that made her seem like she's like a crazy bitch, like a crazy criminal bitch. (laughs) The the first one is like, yeah, this is a crybaby girl and I'm done with her, which makes them, makes Joe look more rude, but the other one, bitch, she's freaking out and doing all the background checks, bitch. (laughs) Or I feel like that's a common thing that guys say when they dump a girl. She's crazy. Exactly. When you dump a girl, Joe. You dumped my girl, Taylor. September 1st, 2011, on her Speak Now tour, Joe Jonas attends, and Taylor had this thing about writing things on her arm. And she wrote, after all that we've been through, I know we're cool, which is a Gwen Stefani song about being cool with your ex. So people believe that they are now cool. I know we're cool. (laughs) Taylor and Joe are now cool, even going on double dates in 2019. She tells Ellen she regrets putting Joe Jonas on blast on the show saying i was 18 we laugh about it now but that was mouthy just teenage stuff there so like you said taylor now would regret it 
Yeah, they was just doing some high school bullshit. Joe and his now wife, Sophie Turner, have been very vocal in their love for Taylor's music. Taylor sings in her song, Invisible String. Code was a steal of my axe to grind for the boys who broke my heart. Now I send their babies presents, which that line is believed to be about sending Joe and Sophia a gift for their child. And Joe would sing cool with superstars instead of done with superstars in a performance on August 2022. Yeah, you gotta say that. Because then people are like, oh, you don't think your wife is a superstar? You married a regular old bitch? (laughs) No, I'm just joking. (laughs) Taylor might have been a little extra with exposing their business, but Joe was doing the same thing in their songs and they were teenagers. So I don't know if I can say there was a right and a wrong there. Yeah, they both did hits, but uh, like they were both making jabs, but they both uh, financially benefited off of this feud slash breakup. Yeah, but someone who, a little side note here, a mini beef, is Camilla Bell, who dated Joe Jonas after Taylor. Okay, I didn't want to say nothing, but when you was like his new girlfriend, I I thought you were going to say her name then, because I was like, was it the actress? (laughs) The actress, yes. And she caught a little strays in this. And it's on Better Than Revenge off of Taylor's Speak Now album. Taylor mm-hmm. seems about someone who stole her boyfriend, and some of the lyrics are, she's not a saint, and she's not what you think. She's an actress. She's better known for the things that she does on the mattress. <laughs> <laughs> Taylor, damn. <laughs> she's Okay, you turn in the red bar. She's an actress. I'm not a stuff on a mattress. Hey, that's hilarious. <laughs> you was mad, Taylor, wouldn't you? Yeah. Critics would say this song was like slut shaming and kind of not on brand for Taylor since at this time she was more the squeaky clean image. Low key, yeah. Actually, Taylor, ain't she supposed to be all about the women's? <laughs> yeah. At first, Taylor said, the song is about a girl who a few years ago stole my boyfriend. I think she probably thought I forgot it, but I didn't. Then in 2004, she had a different tune with, I was 18 when I wrote that. That's the age you are when you think someone can actually take your boyfriend. Then you grow up and realize no one can take someone from you if they don't want to leave. Okay, I'm about to say. <laughs> so, yeah. It... Thank God you had a change of heart. Calm down. <laughs> Put that bitch on a mattress. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> so, I think Taylor was being messy there. Oh, that is not... <laughs> it's not funny because it's slut-shaming. It's just funny because it's Taylor Swift's slut-shaming. Next up, Demi Lovato. They Ooh. have such a weird friendship that I don't know if they are friends or enemies, maybe frenemies. Mm-hmm. 2008, they became friends. They compliment each other on Twitter. And when Demi went to rehab in 2010, she says Taylor was one of the few people to reach out to her to make sure she was okay. There have been rumors that they didn't get along because of Joe Jonas, Demi being friends with Joe and briefly dating him in 2010. Demi and Selena Gomez were childhood friends, being on Barney together. And Demi is signing autographs and someone asked, how Selena? And Demi responds with, ask Taylor. You jealous bitch. <laughs> That's what it seems like. Why are you so mad? Just say, Oh, she's fine, or, oh, I don't know, I have to see next time. <laughs> well, how old is this? Is they still 18? <laughs> yeah, this is around the 2000s. Okay, thank God, because if y'all in y'all 20s doing this, bruh, calm down. Ask Joe. Yeah, it, it does seem weird to just say that, because no one knew, like, if there's any beef or not. Well, she wanted there. She wanted it to be put out there. There is beef. I don't fuck with old girl. She took my bestie. Yeah, Taylor and Selena became friends in 2009, and the comment made people believe they are no longer friends because of Taylor, and again, I don't know if that's what Demi meant by it. Mm-hmm. So, Lena would later deny that Taylor got in between their friendship, saying they just grew apart, and when asked, Demi also said they grew apart. That's and- why I had to say, ask Taylor, because I couldn't answer because I don't talk to Selena anymore because we grew apart. <laughs> she doesn't know. Uh that's also like, yeah, you was, you y'all didn't grow apart. Selena stopped fucking with you. <laughs> <laughs> in 2016, Demi had some words for Taylor on Twitter about Taylor not speaking up for Cinder Kesha. 
after she was not allowed to be let out of the contract with Dr. Luke, who Kesha claims raped her. So some stars come out showing their support for Kesha, Demi being one of them. But -hmm. then she says, I'm also ready for a self-proclaimed feminist to start speaking out or taking action for women's rights. Mm. People believe this to be about Taylor Swift, since she didn't speak up. It was. (laughs) (laughs) Yet, then it is reported by Kesha's mom on Twitter that Taylor donated money and it is reported to be $250,000. So that's the thing with Taylor. And that's also the thing with call-outs. You got to be careful with them. Taylor, it's like, the damn, to bring one point up, I feel like Taylor does things in secret. She doesn't always put all her business out there because her personal life is always so blatantly on blast. So all her like charitable donations or causes or things that she cares about, sometimes you don't hear about. That's why people thought she was a Trump supporter for so fucking long, because she didn't say outright, yeah, I ain't fucking with that orange man. So it's like some of those things, like she's trying to be private and keep her life to herself and be supportive. But also because she's not as loud as some of these other celebrities and so vocal, it kind of ends up biting her in the ass a little bit as far as her reputation goes. Yeah, especially around... She had an album called that. (laughs) (laughs) Especially around this time period. Like, now Taylor's more vocal about what she supports and doesn't support. But before, you know, she'd Mm -hmm. ask about politics and she'd be like, oh, I'm too young, I don't understand it. Or, you know, just give a PR answer because she wanted to sit on that fence. She wanted, you know, everyone to love her. Yeah, yeah. So then... But also, Demi, it also looks like your support ain't all just about supporting, too. It's like you want to get credit, too, because if you're supporting Kesha and that's who you're speaking out for, you don't have to drag somebody else in the dirt. You just be there for Kesha. Well, let's hear what Demi has to say about it. I'm sure she got something to say. (laughs) She then tweets out, take something to Capitol Hill or actually speak out about something and then I'll be impressed. A Taylor Swift fan account on Instagram tags Demi and says they appreciate Demi speaking up for Kesha, but why throw shade at Taylor when she donated money and Kesha's mom was very appreciative? Demi comments, I didn't shade Taylor. If you take it that way, then fine. I'm just tired of seeing women use women empowerment and feminism to further brands without actually being the ones that have the uncomfortable conversations. I get shade and I don't give a fuck because someone has to be the one to take it. At least I'm getting my hands dirty. Well, no, you just said you weren't shading her, but we know you're lying. Yeah. Um, <laughs> other comments, she says, not everyone has 250000 to donate and didn't grow up with money like Taylor or haven't made as much as her. And at least she speaks on shit rather than trying to be politically correct all the time. And Demi said that too? Yeah, that's Demi. I just, I just don't know. I, I, I just, t- Taylor hurt her. <laughs> Here's the thing. The smoke, I would feel this smoke is warranted for somebody who actually is an ain't shit person. But this is a third, like Kesha ain't said not near, she ain't said nothing about this. She is cool. She had, Demi is is mad at Taylor on the behalf of everybody when I don't think that is her place. I mean, she's free to give her opinion, but it doesn't, I mean, I mean, personally, it's looking like Taylor's on the right side of this. You do what you can. It would be nice and great if everybody could speak out and use their voice and their platform. 100%, I believe that. But... People also could be just doing nothing and just bystanders. I mean, Taylor at least did something. And it's like as soon as they said, like, oh, she donated money, Demi's like moving the goalpost of, well, she's exactly. not doing this about it. Like she, She's not doing it like I'm doing it. It's like that type of thing where it's not, it's not like you're giving your support to be supportive. You want credit. And this would look way better for Demi if she let other people say this if this is how people were feeling demi shouldn't have been the one to say this demi should have let should have spoke out you know taking her good deed and her good press and let other people shit on taylor if that's what they wanted to do but you just look bitter and upset at taylor and not even 
it, it doesn't even look like you care about the Kesha situation. You're just hammering on Taylor specifically because of every every descriptive context clue you have given us in all your comments and posts. It doesn't revolve around anybody else but what Taylor has done. That's where Demi loses me because I do like some of her music, but just anytime I hear her in the news, it's because she said something that is like, uh, Demi. Like I, I get being vocal and supportive and you know, women empowerment and all that. But I don't know. She just goes about it such a weird way. And this kind of smells to me like jealousy. Oh, it's a hundred percent jealousy because it literally has no logical. There's no. I don't know why you going so hard about this to, about this girl. Yeah, Demi would later go on to praise Taylor's album "Lover," so I don't know where the bad blood is. To me, it does seem one-sided, especially with the Kesha thing. Girl, give my heart a break, bitch! What are you doing? <laughs> She's going to she's she back and forth, back and forth. We can't we can't flip flopping ass bitch. We can't do it. Yeah, she kind of comes back later. Oh, of course she does. Next up is John Mayer. When Taylor was nineteen and he was thirty-two, he reached out on Twitter wanting to make a song with her. John Mayer would join Taylor on her Fearless tour. It's speculated when they started dating, so we're not really sure, but it's around December 2009, lasting to mid-2010, or breaking up as early as February 2010. In June 2010, John Mayer presented Taylor with an award, so some people believe they were at least still dating at this time. Mm-hmm. And Taylor's 2010 album, Speak Now, she has a song called Dear John, and some of the lyrics are, Dear John, I see it all now. I was wrong. Don't you think 19 was too young to be played by your dark, twisted games when I loved you so I should have known? Pretty much that makes people think it's about John Mayer. <laughs> when performing the song, she would wear a dress similar to the one she wore when John presented her the award. And a lot of people believe Taylor wears stuff as Easter eggs to send messages. <laughs> Plus, the name is Dear John, which is a common like name for a breakup letter. Yeah. But also, his name is John. I don't. I mean, I. Uh, she's cool. It's just wearing that fucking dress is kind of crazy. <laughs> but you, I mean, do what you got to do. Whatever. But it is like John Mayer has always had it. John Mayer, Leonardo DiCaprio, men who have relationships with inappropriately aged women. Yeah, and like it's legal and everything. Oh, but Wil- Wilmer Valderrama. Those three men oh. is the top I can just think off the top of my head. Or yes. say, they also say, John Mayer has also said like rude things or like like unflattering things about his exes too. So it's like, yeah. And she was young. She was probably starry-eyed and bushy-tailed. But at least she was legal. Yeah. In 2012, during a Rolling Stone interview, when asked about the song, John says, it made me feel terrible. It was really a lousy thing to do. I never got an email. I never got a phone call. I was really caught off guard. It's cheap songwriting. It's abusing your talent to rub your hands together and go, wait till he gets a load of this. That's bullshit. I hate that I was made accountable about how I made this woman feel through a song and everybody knows how much of a piece of shit I am because she's so popular and I am such a piece of shit because she had so much material to work for. Come the fuck down. Like this man ain't work. This man has wrote about his own breakups and relationships. Cut me a break. You're mad that some woman who is arguably more popular than you called you out on your shit and now everybody can't stop calling you out on your shit and your prior history. It's exactly. Shitty she kind of get an email or a text or fuck you, bro. She on the bigger and better things. Unless that's how John Mayer goes about when he's writing a song that he contacts a person and says, hey, I'm going to release a song about you. Then I can kind of see it, but I don't know if he's I doing that. I bet you he don't fucking... Do, I bet you foul wow he don't do that. <laughs> in 2013, John seems to respond to Taylor in his song Paper Dolls, singing a little paper doll and too fragile to handle the relationship. He would also sing You're Like 22 Girls in One and None of Them Know What They're Running From. People assumed the line was about her song. 22, which was popular at the time. They're like 22 uh, girls in one, but I was dating you at 19 and I was 32. Come on. What the? Shut up. Ugh, sounds like you're attacking your little sister that you dated. <laughs> like, 
You just mad. You just poking her and shit, pushing her buttons. On December 13, 2016, which was Taylor's 27th birthday, John tweets out, Tuesday, December 13th, may be the lamest day of the year conceptually. He Jesus, would- you're not over it? <laughs> <laughs> you on my damn nerves. He would later delete it, but would tweet out, nope, no, not uh people, I am 39, I'm deleting those tweets, come right at me for doing so, absolutely no shade. And then you a bitch, and you gonna delete the tweets? You can't even stand next to your petty? That's what I'm saying, like, uh, do you think there's a possible way he would just tweeted that out randomly? There is no way, <laughs> okay, there is a way, but it's such a fucked up <laughs> Like, he had, like, the shittiest day that day, and he just wanted to express it. But, nah, bro, I don't believe it. Not when he dated that girl for almost a year. Yeah, either way, either he forgot her birthday, which is kind of like a shit bad thing to do, or he was subtweeting her. I would hope that maybe this was just a really fucked up coincidence, and he just really had shitty days on her what happened to be birthday, but it honestly just don't make sense. Next up is Calvin Harris, who Taylor dated for 15 months. June 1st, 2016, Taylor and Calvin Harris break up. June 2nd, 2016, a source told people that Calvin Harris was intimidated by Taylor's success. So much so that he would not go to award shows or events unless he was also nominated. And there, he did miss a lot of those. Damn, if that's true, that sucks. That's supposed to be your man. Then a source connected to Calvin Harris, so that was a source connected to Taylor, just to Calvin Harris, said that Calvin is the one who ended the relationship, but it wasn't a shock to Taylor since they had ongoing issues. The source also- Like you're not going to date nights and the fucking award shows? (laughs) (laughs) It sounds like, okay, Taylor Swift's source was kind of right. Yeah. The source also claimed Taylor lacked real life experiences and their five-year age gap contributed to the breakup. Oh, that sounds nasty. <laughs> it sounds like she don't be doing the things I like her to do the way she's supposed to be doing them. And she would if she was older. Calvin also tweets out, The only truth here is that relationship came to an end, and what remains is a huge amount of love and respect, which Taylor retweeted. Just a few days later, on June 15th, Taylor would start dating Tom Hiddleston? Yes. They have been spotted dancing at a Met Gala while her and Calvin were still together. I looked at the video and it does seem like innocent dancing, no touching. This is also the day that Taylor and Calvin would wipe their social medias of each other. The same day she spotted dating this dude? Yeah, the, when okay. they start dating. Gotcha. Then on June 24th, 2016, it seems Calvin Harris was responding to fans on his Instagram. When asked if he was sad, he said he felt amazing and free. When asked why they broke up, he responded that she controlled the media and the situation and that he had no idea what was going on. The the comments would be deleted. A representative for Calvin Harris would say that the now deleted comments were not from Calvin Harris, but they didn't offer an explanation if he was hacked or if it was an aide or anything. It was. When you can't offer an explanation, I mean, mean, at least a plausible one, didn't even try. He he regretted it. Yeah, just say say I was hacked. At least. But also, like, what happened to that amazing respect and love for each other? (laughs) She's controlling and she she controls the media. I was taking, she had people taking pictures of us at all times. I was never in the front. She was always in the front. I hated it. I hated it. So this relationship kind of even it's, you know, makes the she's going to break up with you and make, write a song about you trope type of thing come into yeah. play more. And it also comes into that she's manipulative about controlling the media because a lot of people do say that her surprise reactions, her being happy at award shows and stuff like that is calculated. Mm-hmm. And it's just something that like with all these little feuds, it like builds onto it, Eat rightfully so or wrong. Up to you. June 28th, while leaving the gym, paparazzi would ask Calvin about Taylor and who he is dating now. And he hops into his car, not noticing his back door is open, and hits the door on the wall. 
which people believe he was just trying to leave fast not to answer questions about Taylor. Which that could be, but it could also be paparazzi or annoying to celebrities. You was flustered than a motherfucker. <laughs> it was Hey, what about telling <laughs> Could you imagine? You now you embarrassed. You gotta drive off with a flappy door. <laughs> he wasn't even moving fast, so that's what I saw the video. Like he just slowly backs into it, and it's like, how didn't you notice that? Like you were that flustered. <laughs> He's like, don't answer any questions about Taylor. Don't answer. And then when he came out, that was the first thing they said. <laughs> July 8, 2016, he releases a new song called Olay, which is believed to be about Taylor, singing, I see online that you've begun to be a good girl and take trips with your boyfriend. Being attentive continues to pretend. Which could be about Taylor, but, I mean, it could be about anyone, but at this time, her and Tom were taking trips together. Yeah, what does that mean? Being a little good girl? Was she naughty with you? What are you saying? <laughs> I'm confused, Calvin. So, July 13th, Taylor Swift's representatives reveals she is the one who wrote This Is What She Came For under a pseudonym, which is a Rihanna and a Calvin Harris song. I love that one. My favorite Rihanna song. Your favorite Rihanna song? Uh Uh-huh. I was going to say my favorite Calvin Harris song. The only one I know, pretty much. Exactly. There's (laughs) there's three more. (laughs) It's reported by TMZ that Taylor wrote the song, sat down at a piano, and did a demo into her iPhone, which she then sent to Calvin Harris. They then recorded a full demo, but decided to keep it to keep her involvement under wraps. But when Ryan Seacrest asked during an interview back when Taylor and Calvin Harris were still dating, if Calvin would want to work with Taylor in the future while promoting This Is What You Came For, he okay. said, you know, we haven't even spoken about it. I can't see it happening, though. Now the rumors are this is the real reason they broke up since Taylor got her feelings hurt. Wait, I must have missed something. What What was the question that got that answer? Ryan Seacrest asked, would you want to work with Taylor in the future? Oh, damn. Okay, yeah, that's... <laughs> I hurt my feelings. I don't know I, how I missed you just saying that, but damn, that. Does... I don't know. I I'm kind of torn on that one just because they agreed to put her under a pseudonym. Either Taylor wanted it, or he wanted it, or they both wanted it. But that's to assume like maybe it's just hot right now. You know, we're not really known as a couple, a hundred percent right. Now. Like, but just to flat out say, yeah. I don't really plan on working with that bitch and you you have literally worked with her but it's not under her name that would hurt my feelings too like oh am I not worthy enough of of your music do I not do you not like my sound are you really not a fan of what I do I don't know I would feel more like he's intimidated by my success because he's already not going to award shows and events with you that's what I'm saying like he it seems like he was really in this relationship for a pl- publicity you didn't want to go well and kind of not at the same time you didn't do anything with her if it wasn't like jointly shared being like nominated or both being recognized she can't even be recognized on your own song whether that was a mutual or your decision and then when asked publicly you still shade her and don't want to claim her it's like why are you with me do you even like me Yeah, so Calvin Harris took to Twitter in present time. We're not present, but, you know, after they broke up. Shortly after, yeah. Yeah, after this news was released that she was the one who actually wrote the song. Calvin Harris took to Twitter with, she sings on a little bit of it, too. She's an amazing lyrical writer who smashed it as usual. He then changes his tune a little and says, I wrote the music, produced the song, arranged it and cut the vocals and initially she wanted kept secret hence the pseudonym hurtful to me at this point that her and her team would go so far out of their way to try and make me look bad at this stage though i figure you're happy in your new relationship you should focus on that instead of trying to tear your ex-boyfriend down for something to do i know you're off tour and you need someone new to try and bury like katie etc but i'm not that guy sorry i won't allow it 
Yeah, next to John Mayer, Calvin Harris is one of the worst exes. Ugh, crybaby bitch, honestly. Like, wah, wah. <laughs> you, you, you call her and her team basically manipulative. They control everything. They control the media. Now she's stepping into the role that you gave her, and she's controlling the narrative because, well, shit, this man getting fame and number and stuff. I'm going to say I wrote the song because I fucking did. And look at you. You admitted to it, but then you get mad. Oh, but I cut the vocal. Did you sing the vocals? Have we ever heard you sing, Calvin? You can't. <laughs> Shut the fuck up, Calvin. You can't do nothing. And then a low blow because you know you have no leg to stand on. You bring in your ex's other beasts because you you need some bolstering. And uh, you figure the other haters who don't like Taylor will also agree with you because they think she's wrong in those beefs, like Katie and other ex-boyfriends, you know, bringing back in that trope that she likes to bury her exes after she's done with them. When the truth is, is that this is very tame. Yeah. I mean, she didn't say you were untalented. She didn't say the song sucked and the music sucked. She just said she wrote the song under a, a pseudonym. And that's the end in the beginning. And then you just went and just ran with it because you're hurt that you don't get to keep all the credit now. So that was July 13th. So if people are thinking Taylor is shady, Taylor is manipulative. And then July 17th, an infamous recording of Taylor talking to Kanye in a possibly illegally recorded phone call is released. And it's yeah. edited. Yeah, I ain't gonna lie. I wasn't on the right side of history on this one for a minute. <laughs> I was not on the right side of history. So then, July 23rd, Calvin is seen with Kim Kardashian, who was married to Ye at the time, Kanye. And Calvin even releases a short video, I believe on Snapchat, showing him lip-syncing to a Ye song. So right there, it seems like Calvin has chosen a side. And you might be asking what feud with Katie, and he's talking about Katy Perry, uh -huh. and what is the Kanye and Kim situation. And to find that out, you will have to listen to our Taylor Swift part two episode, because <laughs> that is where I'm stopping today. Oh, uh, Calvin Harris <laughs> is the fucking worst, honestly. He, he talk about, he's talking about she can't move on. Every time Taylor's involved in something, you got to post up with her enemies. And you sitting here acting like a drag queen lip syncing a song to prove to your ex <laughs> that you're better than them. Shut the fuck up. You're embarrassing, Calvin. Ew. I'm a little bit of a man hater on this episode. Unfortunately, I don't even like that. I like to be equal opportunity of shitting on everybody, but the men in this story were just, I mean, except for Joe, he was just a petty high schooler, you know, uh -huh. 18 year old, 19 year old. But these, these, these men in here are embarrassing, honestly. Go ahead, T Taylor. I might be a little swifty and not a hundred percent. Just in this episode. I was honestly thinking you were not going to be siding with Swift. Nah, she, she, Especially when, whenever you do this part two and you get into that fucking Kanye shit, like I said, we all we all messed up a little bit. <laughs> Not me. First of all, you weren't even. You just said you were newfound, so I'm just gonna say you messed up by, by not even being on the train when it first came to the station. <laughs> I, you you one of them hobos that's running to jump on the train. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but next episode, well, not next episode, next time I do a Taylor Swift part two, we'll talk about how the snake emoji was used against her and mm. how this all came. And I just could not believe that this Calvin Harris situation led into this. Like, him saying that she's controlling the media and then Kim releases this edited clip. It's like, wow. Yeah, I didn't know that that's what came of it either, but I really just... Calvin Harris is the most embarrassing one, honestly. Ew. He <laughs> couldn't let it go. He could not let it go, it seems like. There's a lot of people who say it's funny that she never wrote a song about Calvin Harris. Who would? <laughs> he, I mean, honestly, he gives off like mannequin vibes. Like, oh, you're an attractive man, but it don't look like there's nothing going on up in there. 
<laughs> yeah. I, I don't know if I'll say that because I don't know Calvin Harris enough, but from this situation, yeah. I ain't fucking with him right now. I gotta take a hard stance, and so I gotta really just let out on him. So I don't care. I fuck think, me. <laughs> I don't know if it's really that common, but I know that some men get intimidated if their partner that's a woman is more successful than them. I don't know. Maybe it was like his eyes were like like were bigger than his stomach. Like he didn't. He knew Taylor Swift was popular, but he just didn't know until he was with her. But it's like, you knew, I mean, Taylor had the reputation before you got with her. Taylor had the fans before you got with her. Like, this was in the thick of Taylor's popularity. Not This ain't even the peak of her popularity, honestly. This is probably around this Getting, time. It's 1989 era. Okay, maybe this is like one of her peaks. She's had a yeah. couple. So this is like when she's really get this is blank space and shake it off and all that shit. So it's like you you liked some of it until it was overshadowing you. So yeah, I do think he was intimidated, but he just couldn't let it go. That's why it seems like his part goes on forever. Like, cause why after she just after you shit it on her saying that you cut the vocals and you did this and she's not all that, why are you still linking up with her ops and doing cryptic posts about her. And it's funny that you mentioned Blank Space and Shake It Off because those two songs are songs that are about like her fame and how the media sees her. Yeah, and I had to like think that, about that for a second. I had to think of the lyrics. <laughs> that's something that she's already dealing with. So to go into this, which we're not going to go into in this episode, it's like the perfect storm of we're going to ruin her career. Mm. But that is it for our episode. We like to end every episode on a positive note with some form of media we want to talk about, recommend, discuss, explore. Do you want to go first or should I go first? I'll go first. This is an easy one. It'll be a Taylor Swift thing. Ooh. So I did say that I only like a few Taylor Swift songs. And I, I don't know. If, if I had to put a number on it, I'd say there's like a solid, like not skipping them. Like a solid six Taylor Swift songs I like. But one of them was... Including the monologue song? Okay, seven. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so one of them I, I saw really early, and it was just like on a happenstance type of thing. And me seeing this makes me think maybe I was a Swifty for a second. Just because there was this thing where Taylor Swift was hosting, I think, hosting the CMT Awards which are the country music, TV, whatever, whatever awards, you know, the country shit. Yeah, I, I uh -huh. was watching CMAs. That's the CMT. That's the channel. CMAs. And uh, she had this like little bit with T-Pain. And I remember that because that was her being T-Swizzle. And she had a performance too. And I don't know how I remember all this, but I was clued in. And I don't watch country music awards because I don't listen to country music like that. But she performed Should Have Said No, which is like this um, teenage, you know, this boy broke my heart and cheated on me with this other bitch who I don't like in school. And um, it was one of those, like, when you're a teenager and that's your, your singer, you're like, oh, my God, this was such a profound performance. She ended mm -hmm. it in rain. Like, she was all <laughs> wet at the end. Like, oh, my God, Taylor really went out there and gave her all. It's a kind of mediocre performance. You could tell she's like a growing artist. But it's just a, a nice little song, and it reminds me of Taylor before all the bells and whistles and before she became, like, literally untouchable. And I just thought about that when you were talking about um, teardrops on my guitar and Tim McGraw and all that, because I do remember when she first came out, like that real long curly hair. And that was the Taylor. I kind of always see when I see Taylor Swift now. Really? Because that's the one I kind of liked the most. And not saying I don't like her now, but that was the one I listened to and knew of the most. Uh huh. And I always liked that performance. And I like the song. It's pretty simple. And um, it kind of goes with my man hating theme, apparently. <laughs> Should have said no. You got to check it out. So that's my media, and it's still our song all day long. <laughs> that is one song I do not like. I just I don't even know how it got me. 
Which I love Taylor Swift now, but I'm definitely more of after Red, like Red, nineteen eighty nine, Reputation, mm-hmm. Folklore, Evermore, Midnight's. I like those more than her earlier stuff. Yeah, I'd say I got a maybe a couple hits out of each of those albums. I might like. Yeah, like some of the singles. Yeah, and nothing out of Midnight. I haven't heard anything except for Antihero because of TikTok. So I don't even know if I like that song. <laughs> Midnight, I fell in love with that. That's what really made me a Swifty. What's the best song off of it? And I'll try to listen to it. It changes. What's your, if if you... Mastermind. Okay. <laughs> you didn't even let me get the category out. I don't know. Mastermind. Because Mastermind's a great song, but Sweet Nothing is like a nice, beautiful song. And then you have... No, I'm only taking two. Okay. Mastermind Sweet Nothing. All right. Okay. So, good media on brand. All right. My media is three songs that I think are sad songs. Like when I hear them, I get sad, but they're not really sad songs. Ooh, okay. And I don't know if I saw this in a movie or something, like in the background or something, but any, like I can picture like very clearly in my head, like an image of what I'm thinking of, why it makes me sad. So the first song is You Are My Sunshine, the children's song. Yeah, I figured. Okay. And the lyrics that make me sad on there is, the other night, dear, as I lay sleeping, I dreamed I held you in my arms. When I woke, dear, I was mistaken. Oh, that's the wrong one. That's, But it says, please don't take my sunshine away. Okay. For some reason in my mind, I always pictured like someone with dreamt they were holding their baby, but they weren't like they slept on it or they dropped it. Oh my gosh. So it always makes me sad. Like when she's saying like, please don't take my sunshine away. Like you're taking my child away. Like, you know, CPS or something. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know. Like what I always like CPS or something. <laughs> I always thought that about the song and it's a nice little beautiful song, but it makes me sad. Um, another one. It's what a wonderful world. What a wonderful world. <laughs> That one makes me really sad, too, because I think it's like someone dying. Like, that's just what it reminds me of. Like, mm. you're dying and you're, like, looking past on your life. You're like, oh, how beautiful. And it's it's really not. You're just dying. Damn. And then the third song, which I really like, but it does make me sad, is At Last by Etta James. Really? Yeah, because the line that she says, and here we are in heaven, for you are mine at last. I feel like they died and the only reason the only way they could be together is like finally in heaven you got some we gotta we gotta get you into heaven baby <laughs> but then, so anytime i hear those songs like such a sad song like if i listen to atlas picturing that in my head like picturing that in your head like someone died like and they're finally they're finally with you in heaven they can finally be with you and it's at last, like uh-huh. at last he's oh damn. Now it's a sad ass song to me. You see how you did that for me? And I, I don't know if it was in a movie. I tried to look in Cadillac Records because I'm like, well, maybe they put it in Cadillac Records because that would make sense. Like when he dies, Ain't, like maybe he goes to heaven and he like sees everybody. She does sing at last in Cadillac Records. She does, but I don't think that scene that I'm seeing in my head that someone dies goes to heaven and like sees the loved ones there. Oh. I was gonna. Never mind. I'm not putting myself out there. Okay. Yeah. Are those? Is that you got another sad song? No, those are my three songs that aren't sad but make me sad. Those are some interesting sad songs. Some <laughs> interesting non-sad sad songs. Yeah, I I like to think so. But Atlas is still an amazing song. Do you like Beyonce or Edda's version better? Edda's. Here's the thing, right? Every people will probably hate me. So when it comes to prefer, I can't remember. There's another Etta James song where I love her voice on that song. And maybe if I could think of it next week, I'll come out with it for my media. But uh, I love Etta James on At Last. But Beyonce's versions of All I Could Do Was Cry. And um, um, why can't I think of it? What's the other song, Jose? All I Could Do and Cry. And the one where the rice has been thrown. No. Um, no, it's right there. It's, oh, shit. 
This is embarrassing. Is it from Cadillac Records? Yes. I just can't remember what it was. It's oh, um, I'd rather go blind. Damn, that's embarrassing. I like Beyonce's uh, versions of those two songs, but Etta, uh, Etta James at last has the best version. There's been a ton of covers. She still has the best version. I do love her version, but I love Beyonce's version too. I love. It's okay. The- I like watching the inauguration. That's what I was about to say. <laughs> Well, damn, I'm sorry I stepped on you. Jose gets credit for that. <laughs> like, no matter how you feel about Obama when he was president, I think that's such a beautiful moment. 100%. Shit, my bitch was crying. Singing <laughs> and crying, singing for the Beyonce and crying at the same time. Yeah, beautiful moment. And I love Cadillac Records. Yeah, Even though I don't really the- remember it now. But I know I liked it. <laughs> Here's the thing. I know I've seen it at least two to three times, but I can just remember like the the best like four scenes. Oh yeah. But it's a good movie. Everybody. Oh my goodness. Dream Girls is still the best one. I know Cadillac Records ain't technically a musical, but I've I was watching a review on YouTube, and I just have to say, even though we've mentioned it before, Dream Girls is the best fucking musical on film. Ever. I don't care what anybody says. It's the best that, one. That wasn't supposed to be my media, so I'm just saying what my media was supposed to be. <laughs> okay, what was your media supposed because to be? Because I'm going to forget because I've been listening to it this week again. My media was supposed to be epic rap battles. <laughs> I used to love those. <laughs> ERB. I, my favorite one, I think, is the Cleopatra versus Marilyn Monroe. I do vaguely remember that one. That's a good one, yes. You vaguely remember it? There's yeah, there's a, there's a line say. in there where every time you clapped, like with the beat, and I always have to do that still. I have to rewatch it now. Shit. Epic yeah, Rap I'm... Battles was big. I mean, it still kind of is, but it was big back in the day. Do you think it's still big? I don't even know if they make music. I'll try and look for some. And I'm like, oh, these are the ones I already saw. Um, I think people still reference it. And I think they do come out with one every once in a while. Yeah. Uh, I just remember there was that one. There was the Adam and Eve one. There was Bonnie and Clyde versus Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> I got to listen to that them. one. I, I think there was a heyday of like YouTube music. I don't know if it's still there. I feel like I'm more online now, so I would see it, but I don't know. But, like, you had that. You had, like, the Ain't Nobody Have Time for That music. Yeah, the Spotify and Spoof, Songify and Spoofs. Yeah, especially if you followed um, Shmoyo, that that was my people. Those are people who did the um, Hide Your Kids, Hide Your Wife. Yeah. Bruh, me me and Trisha used to listen to that. On the fucking daily. I feel like that was a big era, and I don't know if we have that now. I mean, if we do, someone tell me. Like, I used to love that, of all these nice musicals out there. It's, like, dwindled. There's still, you'll still find people who do, like, different versions of that. But as far as, like, the nostalgia, you'd have to go back to those videos in that, that time period to really to really get it now you you can tell it's kind of just like carbon copy warmed over nothing is original type thing do you remember bitches and bookshops yes because you showed I, me that and it's still in my liked videos i, I like love that, that. One. i youtube was such a better site before like now every time i go on youtube it recommends me everything i've already watched or like it doesn't make sense like the recommendations like i've already seen that why are you recommending that to me and before it recommend such random shit as how i would discover things yeah you had creators of all types who did all types of content and now because youtube and other sites are so restrictive you don't see as much creativity you see kind of the same layout like that's why i'm so into reaction videos because that's a good 70% of YouTube people reacting to shit that you either like or don't like or want to see or don't see. And you got the same old people doing skits, the same old people doing inappropriate skits, same old people doing reviews. You know, it's, it's, it's 
it's not as varied as it once was. Yeah. But that is our episode for this week. Thank you so much for listening. Please leave us a review. Please leave us five stars. Please reach out to us on Instagram, Save Your Sorry. And our email is saveyoursorry at gmail.com. You can write us whatever you want. We'll read it here. Whatever you want. It's been wonderful. Bye. See ya.